0: and collection center for the um, east side of the Big Island. And so uh, y- that's something, a way that we can reach out real in a, s- in a simple way, but it makes a big difference. want to introduce to you today our guest speaker. His name is Jed Young. He is our um, network director. W- we're a part of the Aloha Network, which is Kauai churches and the Big Island churches. Um, Bob Ransom, who spoke, uh, uh, I think a week ago. He is um, week before last. He is the um, the region director for the Pacific region. There's two networks within that region. So, and um, Jed actually has a history here. Um, when Daryl was a teenager here, Jed was here. So I'm not going to say how long ago that was, but. Um, so he has a connection here. He was here going to s- to college. So will you wa- welcome um, Jed Young? <laughs>
1: thank you. Yeah, I'm just gonna grab this um, stand. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. No, put that down. Could you grab my water there real quick? Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, it's kind of special for me coming uh, to Hilo Mission because I, I was a student doing some undergraduate work at uh, Hilo, uh, Hilo College there at UH Hilo. And uh, when I was doing that, I was involved in Campus Crusader crew and did some work with the teenagers here. So Daryl, is Daryl here? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, I won't say how long, but it's been really long. <laughs> so it's really good to be back here anyway. Um, you know, in our, in our church, we've been uh, talking a lot about growing in the Lord. And so one of the things that, that I, I spoke about recently was about prayer. And, uh, because prayer is so essential to your growth in the Lord. God speaks to us through his word, and we speak to him in prayer. Speaking of prayer, one person wrote this. It travels its way from our lips and hearts through the heavens to the very throne room of God. And the Lord promises to move heaven and earth to answer our prayers. It's a tremendous privilege that we have. And yet I think many of us don't Avail ourselves of that privilege, because God is always available. He's never too busy, and He loves, and He wants us to come to Him, but many of us go to Him when it's the last resort or when we're in crisis. And we need to go to Him more often. If we want to cultivate any relationship with God, we need to spend time with Him, regular time, time that's not hurried, Time that's not distracted by other things. Think about the relationships that you have, the relationship with your spouse or with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Early on, you needed to spend time with them, to talk to them, to get to know them. And actually, you wanted to spend time with them. You wanted to spend all your time with them, and you enjoyed your time with them. And you need to continue to spend time with them to develop and strengthen that relationship. And in the same way, if you want to develop your relationship with God, you need to spend time with him. Unharried time. Undistracted time. Sometimes when I'm watching TV late at night and I'm just kind of relaxing, my wife will want to talk to me. And (laughs) you know what that's like. And I have to turn the TV down or turn it off and face her and talk to her and listen. And sometimes we need to be deliberate deliberate where we have to set aside time. Time for each other. Time to, to get together, to talk, to listen to each other. And it's the same thing with the Lord. You know, sound and music and noise is sometimes real comforting to us. And you might be in the house alone and you turn on the TV or turn on the radio because that noise is just comforting. You might not even be watching the TV or really listening to the songs. I remember once I went to this friend's house and he literally had a TV in every room of the house and every one of the TVs were on. And you could literally walk from room to room and you could not miss any part of a program because it was in every station. Noise, but, but more noise means as a means of, uh, is used as a means of justifying yourself. Think about it. Silence is a means to let ourselves be justified and our justification rests solely on God. Think about this. When you meet somebody new, don't you feel like you just have to talk? Right? You have to talk about something. You have to talk about the weather, something, something about yourself. And it's a means of justifying ourselves. But when, when you love someone, you're in a relationship with someone, sometimes you don't have to talk at all, right? You just sit there in silence. And you're just simply together. And that's something about what it's like to be with the Lord. To be with Him in silence. To be able to sit with Him and allow Him to speak to us. There are times that uh, when we're with the Lord and we're silent, we don't have to speak. We don't have to straighten anything out. We don't have to justify ourselves with the Lord because God knows us through and through. And he's forgiven us for our sins and he, he loves us. You know, Jesus is our great model of prayer. And you think about the disciples. They probably had prayed a thousand times. They heard a thousand thousand messages on prayer. But when they heard Jesus pray, something was different. He was on this different level. And so they asked the Lord, Lord, teach us how to pray. And the first thing that Jesus taught them was this, desiring God's will. And I was online looking at um, Hilo Missionary, and I know that That Daniel did this message on Hezekiah, right? And what would his prayer be? That he would desire God's will. That's the key to effective prayer. uh, Jesus said, When you pray, say this Our God in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And in this we find a key to effective prayer. Prayer isn't a way of getting God to go along with what we want. It's God's way of making our hearts willing to go along with what He wants. That's what prayer is. And someone put it this way. Prayer is a mighty instrument, not for getting man's will done in heaven, but for getting God's will done on earth. Another person wrote this. As we yield ourselves, our plans, and our problems to him, he intervenes for his glory and for our good. We yield to him. And I think we learn prayer to pray like Jesus when we echo his deepest and most moving prayer, and that was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew 26, as he faced the cross as he faced that excruciating death, to die to pay the penalty for our sins, so that we could be forgiven by accepting him and what he's done, so that we could have eternal life. And in verse 39, it says this, Going a little further, he fell down, he fell with his face to the ground, prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will, as example for us. And in verse 42 again, he went a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Because genuine prayer is offered with open hands. It says, Father, here is what I want. And here is what I think I need, but I leave it to your will. Because you know what's best for me, your will be done. Effective prayer is submissive prayer to the Lord. We don't always know what's best for us. And they think about Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when God When he prayed to God, he said, remove this thorn in the flesh. They don't know what that was. It could have been an eye problem or, or something else, or a demon or whatever that attacked him. But the Lord said, no. He said no. And then he added this. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Effective prayer defers to God's will. Being submissive, trusting, and willing to accept God's will. And Apostle John put it this way, the text this morning. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us, In whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And this is one verse I remember memorizing when I was a young, young Christian. And it gives us this great assurance that when we pray, God really hears our prayers and that he will answer. It says, and this is a confidence, it means assurance. This is assurance that we have. But notice the qualifying statement. The condition is, if we ask anything according to His will, then we have that assurance that He hears our prayers and He answers. Do you want to have that kind of confidence in your prayers? Then you need to make sure that your prayers are prayed according to God's will. So in your prayers, let me ask you this. Do you truly want what God desires? Do you want his will? Think about that for a moment. Many times we pray and come to God and we just ask for what we want and what we desire. And what we think we need. Now I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. I think the Lord wants to know what our desires are, what we want and what we think we need. God wants to know. He says, ask it shall be given. Seek and you'll find. But what is your attitude in that? Is it, Lord, this is what I want, and this is what I need, I think I need, but your will be done. Your will be done. What's your attitude? There's a certain woman that became ill, and someone asked her this, are you willing to live or die? And this is what she said, whichever God pleases, and that person says, but what if God would refer it to you to choose? And she said this, I would refer it back to him. This was a person that truly desired God's will. And, and that was a story I heard, but I know of a real story. My friend, his wife became ill with cancer. In fact, she recently passed away. And she didn't ask people to pray for her healing. She asked them to pray for her, for the grace to go through whatever God had her do. And her final days were this magnificent testimony and witness of her faith. She won, she won many people to Christ through that. D.O. Moody wrote this. I would a thousand times rather that God's will should be done than my own. I cannot see into the future as God can. therefore, it is a good deal better to let Him choose for me than to choose for myself. By faith, we know that God has our highest good in mind. He wants our best. And with such a loving Heavenly Father... How can we not submit to his will, whatever it is? And some of the greatest blessings come to us when God says no. Remember Abraham? Abraham prayed that God would make Ishmael his heir and son of the covenant. And God said no. And then he provided Isaac. Remember, I graduated from seminary. And I never wanted to be a senior pastor. So I applied for all these positions. It was like a year and nothing. Nothing. And then the small Asian church in Santa Rafael, California, called me. And they had recently lost their pastor. And they said, Jen, would you consider being the senior pastor? And I'm not looking for a senior pastor position. <laughs> But all that year, I was serving in my church and doing all types of ministry. I was doing children's ministry, young adult ministry, marriage ministry, men's and women's ministry, speaking at night sometimes, leading worship. And I went to my pastor. I said, what do you think? And he said, Jed, you're not a specialist. You're a generalist. You know what they need in a small church? They need a generalist. And so God called me there. And I pastored there as senior pastor for 11 years. I wanted to stay three and come back to Hawaii, but God extended it 11 years. (laughs) Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. In fact, the church had split at that point. And I had to come in and deal with all that. But it was God's will. Some of God's greatest blessings come when he says no. So people say, well, then why pray? God's going to work out His will anyway. We pray because the Bible teaches us that prayer changes things. In the Old Testament, there's this interesting story about, about Abraham. When he finds out that God is going to destroy the town of Sodom. And it's found in Genesis 18. And it's the first really... Uh, Recorded record of an extended prayer. And what is so striking about that prayer is that it's like Abraham is having this conversation with God, the real person. And he sets forth this argument and states his case before God. And clearly Abraham feels like he's talking to a person that he might be able to affect the change. And he says... Will you wipe out the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous people in the city. Would you wipe them all away and not forgive the 50? So God says, Okay, I'll spare the city for 50 people. You could almost hear the wheels turning in Abraham. Do I dare keep going? <laughs> And he keeps going. Let me take it on myself to speak, Lord. I am who but dust and ashes. Could I negotiate you down to 45? And God agrees. And then he keeps going. 40, 30, 20. What about 10? Would you not destroy the city for 10? And God says yes. And then in the end, he spares Lot and his family, four people. And Lot was only an immigrant to that place. What's the more of the story? It pays to haggle with God. (laughs) One person wrote this. The fawning etiquette of unctuous prayer is utterly foreign to the Bible. Biblical prayer is impertinent, persistent, shameless, indecorous, It is more like haggling in an oriental bazaar than the polite monologues we hear in churches. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. And I don't pretend to understand because it seems like a contradiction. That God's going to work out His perfect will, yet at the same time the, the Bible teaches that people will be healed or not healed depending upon if we pray. Evil will be restrained when we pray. Marriages will be reconciled if we pray. Souls will be saved or not saved as a result of our prayers. Prayer changes things in in, in a real way. And things may or may not happen if we do not pray. So if the key to effective prayer is, is praying according to the will of God, then how do we know the will of God? How can we be sure? Let me phrase it this way. Can we know that a specific prayer is according to God's will? Can we know that? The answer is a resounding yes. Because much of His will is already given to us in His Word. It's revealed in His Word. For example, James 1.5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to men generously and without re- reproach. So if you ask for wisdom, that's according to God's will. He's going to give it to you. You can count on it. What about 1 John 1.9? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from our righteousness. So if we confess our sins and ask forgiveness, we can be confident that he's forgiven us. He's already forgiven us. He's going to grant that request because it's according to his will. What about this one? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. So you can pray and ask God to help you to love someone that you really have a hard time loving. And that's even somebody in the church. (laughs) We're not perfect. And God will answer that prayer, yes, because it's his will that you love one another. You get the idea. God's revealed his will. So you can pray in confidence according to his will. But what about when you pray? Well, let me say this. First of all, you have to know his word. You have to be in the word. You have to read it. You have to search out the scripture for his truth, his promises, his principles to know his will. But what, what about when you're not sure? There's a lot of things that we're not sure about God's will in certain situations. The Bible doesn't clearly state certain things in our own situation. There's many situations like that, which are not covered specifically in scripture. So what then do you do? How do you know God's will? I believe that those times that you need to be listening to the Holy Spirit guidance on that matter. Each one of us who have accepted Christ have the Holy Spirit, right? The scripture says that. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. It says, for we do not know How to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints, what? According to the will of God. Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. One of it is sometimes we don't even know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. But the Holy Spirit knows how we ought to pray And he prays for us according to God's will. He intercedes for us. I asked this pastor once, and uh, I said, how do you pray when someone wants you to pray for their illness? I said, how do you know what to pray? And he said this to me, uh, because I said, should I pray for healing or comfort or strength or peace? He told me this, that I concentrate on the person seeking to discern God's will in that situation. And then he would pray concerning that person and the illness according to God's guidance. We're unsure about God's will. Sometimes we need to be silent before the Lord, listen to the Holy Spirit and His guidance as to His will in a certain situation. And sometimes that takes patience. You have to wait. You pray and you wait. Someone once said this, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying a hold of God's willingness because he wants to answer. So you, you must not only desire God's will, but you have to take time to discern God's will by searching the scripture, by waiting for his guidance, by Listening for his voice. Many of us are pray and pray and pray and say certain prayers, but we never stop to listen to, well, Lord, what are you saying? You know, we have to listen to him. God said, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have that request. Not that we might know, but we know that we have it. We have what we ask of him. That means that we can immediately thank God for those answers when we pray according to his will. Whether we see those answers immediately, we know that God is going to answer. He already has that. I was thinking of Romans chapter 1 and 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, your service to the Lord. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This verse tells us as we transform our minds with the word of God, we will be able to approve what God's will is. We'll be able to assert his will, and we're going to discover that it's good and pleasing and perfect every time. So my final point, you need to get to know God's voice. You need to be listening. Jesus spoke about himself as a good shepherd. He said this in John 10. When he put forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Do you know God's voice? Have you listened for his voice? When Elijah was discouraged in 1 Kings 19, And he's running for his life from Jezebel. And he needed to hear from God. I want you to listen to what happened. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After that, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came this gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? But it was this gentle whisper. And oftentimes, God speaks to us, I find, in a gentle whisper. And if you're not accustomed to hearing it, you're going to miss it. Because you have to be quiet and undistracted and listening for his voice. And it may come in different ways. It may come through the word of another believer that just speaks to you and directly to you and what's happening in your life. It may come as you're reading the Bible, and this certain verse just jumps out at you. And you may have read that verse many, many times before, but this one time you read it, and something jumps out at you. It's the Lord speaking. Or even as you go through it, it says to pray without ceasing, right? But you're praying, and suddenly this thought or or this impression comes to you. And you know it's the Lord. And he says, or calls you to somebody in need to encourage your brother or sister to help an elderly person struggling with their groceries, to pick up the trash on the ground in the church. I don't know what it is. <laughs> or suddenly you have this pressure that you, you need to talk to that person. You have to share the gospel with that person. If you're listening, you hear those things. But that still undistracted time with the Lord is so important because you learn to focus on the Lord and you learn to listen for His voice. And you get to know what His will is. You want to grow in the Lord? You really need to be praying every single day. You need to keep developing that relation with the Lord. You want to see your prayers answered on a regular basis. Then you have to desire God's will and have the attitude that, like Christ says, not my will, but yours be done. You have to know the scriptures and search God's word for his will so you know you're praying to God's, according to God's will. And then you have to listen for his guidance and his gentle voice in your life. Those are the things I learned. Remember, prayer is this mighty instrument not for getting man's will done in heaven but God's will done on earth. Let me close by saying this. Sometimes we think something is God's will when it really is not God's will. You may be praying for a loved one who's ill that God would heal him or her but God doesn't healed them but God does his will my family prayed for my father who was diagnosed with cancer a second time for his healing he died at the age of 60 but you know before that I had the privilege of praying with them to receive Christ and he was baptized before he died You may be praying for your spouse to change. They're driving your life crazy. And he or she is not changing. God God is working, but he may be working on you. He wants to grow you and change you. You may have this unreasonable boss at work. And you're praying for that boss to change. And nothing is happening. Perhaps... God is trying to mold you more into the likeness of Christ. The apostle Paul, remember, paid three times for the thorn in the flesh to be removed, and God said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. When God's will seems to run counter to what we desire, are you willing to say, yet not my will, but yours be done? Now, what time is it? Are we okay? <laughs> I know sometimes you do a closing song and sometimes you, you're not. And, and, and for me, sometimes I'd be working on a message and God will give me a song. Uh, and, and so I want to do a song for you. And some of you might know it. Let me get some water before I do that. <laughs> But is a song by Hillsong called uh, Show Me Your Way. And it goes like this. Show me your way That I may walk with you Show me your way I put my hope in you the cry of my heart is to love you more. To live with the touch of your hand. Stronger each day. Show me your way. If you know what you can sing with me. Show me your way. That I may walk. With you, show me your way I put my hope in you The cry of my heart is to love you more To live with the touch of your hand Stronger each day, oh, show me your way. The cry of my heart is to love you more, to live with the touch of your hand. Stronger each day, show me your way. Is that your prayer? That's what your prayer needs to be. Daniel, did you want to come up and close? I can go ahead. Why don't you come up, since you're the pastor here. And I'll let you close.